Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg posted that he has created a sleep box which helps his wife with insomnia by staying dark through the night and then lighting up when it's his time for her to wake up. That story again, Mark Zuckerberg makes his wife sleep in a coffin. <laughs> um, and we're uh, repeating the news that the cable, the, uh, the, the, well, not the cable news, the Today Show and Good Morning America, your network shows, are very excited about a royal baby being born. Oh, Jack, this is a major moment for the royal family. Yes. Meghan Markle, the American yes. of mixed race. It's a, it's a major moment for any family when a when a child is born. Why anyone would give a crap about this? Look, they not only have a reporter on the scene, they have multiple reporters talking to each other on the scene. What well, do you possibly you talk about? When a, when another family has a baby, what's the likelihood or give me the path of that child becoming king? Well, Can you? See, the reason I brought this up was we got this text. Future king, it could be a future queen because it's a boy, you see. How dare you force your patriarchal, patriarchal gender stereotype? type on this entity we stand corrected so sorry which leads me to this which i'm going to get to later there were a couple of great articles back to back yesterday that i came across on the same topic from uh scientists slash researchers who say the state of science and research is just completely out of control mm. in america and our universities and they use the examples guy who used to run the johns hopkins um um uh, transgender department and then shut it down because he decided it's not a thing or there's not enough evidence to prove that it's a thing. And then they opened it back up again in recent years because they think he's wrong. Um, He says that political correctness has gotten so strong. You just can't, you can't do science anymore around this particular issue. He makes the point and we'll talk more about that later. And then another guy who's got a book out about the dangers of marijuana with young people saying you just can't, break through the enthusiasm for marijuana right now with any research that tampers that down a little bit. Mm. You just can't. Yeah, There's no room for it in academics because everything's run in one direction. Yeah, And I find both of them troubling. We'll get into more of the details a little bit later. But it, 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 is, it is weird from the, from the crowd that says, I believe in science. No, you don't. No, no you, you don't. in science when it agrees with you. You like to think of science as, you know, some hall, some room, some, some grand hall, not like a hallway, but like a banquet hall, where all these scientists are in there, and if somebody says, I have uh, run serious research that says X, everybody says, wow, that's interesting, let's learn, let's talk, let's think about it. But no, it's everybody's got one opinion, and if somebody says, hey, my research says something completely different, they say, shut up! Shut up, you! We don't need you! You're, we'll ruin you! And I was unaware of that until, you know, I got a little older. But yeah, science runs in herds frequently. Certainly the funding for science runs in, herd, mm-hmm. in herds. And man, if you're into following the money, you got to follow the money. More on that later. So uh, this is a nice little piece. I realize it's day late, but there's going to be another one uh, next year. The good folks at Reason, Reason.com, with a great article about uh, Cinco de Mayo. Which was yesterday? Yes. Formally, yes. The 5th of May, Jack. It's Mexico's Independence Day. Yeah, it's their 4th of July. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. And we'll go ahead at Mark and say, yeah, we know it's not. We just, everybody writes the angry emails. (laughs) I don't know it's not. It's Mexico's 4th of July. There it is. Sure it is. They just got a a month and a day off. (laughs) 
Uh, don't let the woke scolds ruin Cinco de Mayo. Um, and uh, and uh, Robbie Sove, I think his name is pronounced. Uh, today is Cinco de Mayo. Time for tacos and tequila shots. Also time for social justice-influenced ideologues to tell us why enjoying things from other countries, uh, cultures is an unconscionable act of cultural appropriation. Of course, trident, trying to tell people not to consume delicious foods and beverages on holidays is a tough sell. This year, the woke scolds seem to have given up on that battle and instead are focused on discouraging appropriative Cinco de Mayo costumes. Uh, sombreros, sarapes, etc., BuzzFeed with one of their trademark listicles on the subject, 13 Things I'm Sick of Seeing on Cinco de Mayo. Oh, uh, God. Then there's... Uh, what are the 13 well, things? You know what? I, I shortened the headline just to keep moving. I'll give you the full headline because it's extra sickening. 13 Things I'm, and I can't stress this enough, sick of seeing on Cinco de Mayo. I'd like to know what the 13 things are. The author is mostly perturbed about show? white people in hats. An article from WBUR, which I believe is the public, uh, it's a, one of your uh, NPR-ish stations, says, uh, it, it considers cultural appropriation of ethnic garb a form of white supremacy. This is how white supremacy works. It always begins with the taking, an entitled grabbing of the cultural symbols of others. A sombrero, a serape, a kimono, cornrows, they're there for the seizing. And if such snatching is questioned, if we dare confront the audacity by which it plucks what isn't its own, then there is intimidation and terror. White supremacy grabs and grabs lands, people, continents, cultures for both power and hollow amusement. Wow. And then the writer wow. makes the point. I mean, wow. Guys, again, I'm telling you. You have if, too much free time if you worry about these things. If you're like deeply hurt. That some guy has a sombrero on while he drinks a doseke on fifth of fifth of May. If everything is white supremacy, nothing is white supremacy. If everything is racism, nothing is. If everything is hate speech, nothing is hate speech. You morons. Anyway, he writes. Suffice it to say. Uh, this is a rather backward understanding of white supremacy, an ideology that stresses differences and divisions between the races. Uh, white supremacists don't want white people wearing sombreros. They want Mexican people to take their clothing and food and head south. White nationalism is obsessed with keeping the white race pure, with making sure other people's cultures, traditions, and values do not dilute white identity. There's no better way to undermine this pernicious ideology than to engage in rampant cultural blending and borrowing. Yeah, if if all white people started wearing, just be- as their choice of headwear, sombreros, and eating uh, refried beans and tacos. And does, marrying Mexican people. Does that mean the white people won or the Hispanic people won? Right. Same, it seems to me like the Hispanic culture won when that happens. Or more concisely, what are you talking about? What? What? Are you, what God <laughs> dang it, you people are nuts. <laughs> they are. They're crazy. That's crazy. What a crazy thing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll I'll hit you with one more thing because he quotes uh, my my hero H. L. Mencken. Um, I think most white supremacists would say uh, have a feeling that there's too much Spanish being spoken. There are too many taquerias replacing my hamburger stands. Right. There's it's, there's too many people celebrating Cinco de Mayo in yeah. any form. Yeah. There's, there's no ma- such thing as too many taquerias. There, there's too much Amen. soccer being played. I mean, it's the opposite for people who worry about that sort of thing. Right. Much of the outrage over cultural appropriation is confined to leftist social media enclaves and college campuses. We're de-problematizing Cinco de Mayo. That's uh, it's problematic. Cinco de Mayo is a problem. 
de-problematizing Cinco de Mayo is a frequent goal of racial justice activists. Their efforts call to mind H.L. Mencken's famous description of Puritanism, Puritanism as, quote, the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you people! It's hard to parody you because you're so ridiculous. Oh, hey, that's speaking of uh, learned opinions, uh, maybe later in the show, uh, I read a, a guy make a great point. He thinks the ACLU and some of their big campaigns right now, including pushing for prisoners to vote, it's going to hand Trump the White House, that the ACLU will be a powerful force in getting him elected because they've gone so far left. We can talk about that. Also, there's a big U.N. report out about climate change that is uh, really, really, you know, saying some strong things that are designed to scare you. We can a tell million you. species may go extinct, Jack. We can tell you what those in are. In the next three minutes. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I see you have on the sound sheet there, Sean. Um, Pompeo, the Secretary of State, was on Face the Nation yesterday. uh, Questioned about the Chinese concentration camps. In oh, which yeah. there are some people out there saying there are now three million Muslims. The number was a million before. Whether it's one million or three million, that's a hell of a lot of people. It's as if like nine hundred thousand's okay. <laughs> a but million if we had be- seven figures, please. There might be three million Muslims in concentration camps in China being worked to death, starved mm-hmm. to death, right, and, and or uh, re-educated to follow the party line. And the world kind of just not paying attention. I love socialism. It's so good. You just got to give the government control, and they'll bring you a utopia. Hey, guys, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. Got that text. I'm, uh, I was kidding. Sure it is. That's kidding. I don't care. <laughs> nope. I just don't care. <laughs> it's something or other. It's something or other. More Americans celebrate it than Mexicans. So Joe Biden's nobody the, cares. <laughs> Joe Biden's at the top of all your polls. Um, some people believe he's a, a Rudy Giuliani or a Jeb Bush or a Fred Thompson. That'd be Joe's camp. That he's uh, the you know a lot of attention beginning and then will disappear, mm. which could be true. Or I think he's Mitt Romney. I think he's the obviously where they'll end up, and there'll be a lot of people come and go. Your Michelle Bachmans, your Herm Cain's, or whatever, that'll bubble up yeah. now and then. Good memories. And the and the, the main guy just kind of stands there and waits till they all f- disappear slowly, and, and he ends up. Either way, whichever one it is. Joe Biden, over the weekend, he had a couple of stumbles. One, he referred to the prime minister of uh, Great Britain as uh, Margaret Thatcher. 
She was a. Uh, she was prime minister in the 80s when he was still in his 40s. <laughs> Hasn't been in power for decades. Uh, he corrected himself fairly quickly, and it was in front of a group of like 20 people, uh-huh. but, yeah. but it got a fair amount of attention. Well, and the only problem is that, that it kind of emphasizes that narrative of he's old. Right. Yeah, well, if your your whole challenge is, well, he's got a couple of challenges, but one of them is that, no, I'm not old and doddering and on the verge and needing to be uh, cared for. Then he, uh, over there, you got Margaret Thatcher, hey, Francisco Franco's in, in Spain. Hey. No, 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 Grandpa. They haven't been in power for a long time. He's going to come out championing the, the revolutionary power of steam. <laughs> exactly. He said specifically there, I've talked to a lot of world <laughs> leaders. I've got 14 of them that are uh, that I've talked to personally that are really concerned about Trump, and I've and he hasn't said which 14, and when he talked to them, and there's some speculation that maybe he just made that up. No, boy. He, he is the kind of guy that says that sort of stuff. Now, remember, I stood up for him last week or whenever it was. I think he got railroaded in 87 on that whole plagiarism deal. Mm-hmm. Completely railroaded. But he does say things, like he said over the weekend, where he says, you know, I talked to blah, 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 and then this is what he told me. And then when they go to blah, 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 says, no, that never happened. Mm. That, that, that has happened a bunch of times as I've watched Joe Biden over my career of following news. Wow, he just, the Brian Williams of politics. And he, Rounds um, coming into the airframe. And he also said last week he gave a big speech that was fairly well received in front of a bunch of uh, working class people on how that tax cut that went to the rich, the, the, the tax cut, you didn't feel it, it went to the rich. Well, the Washington Post gave him... Four Pinocchios for that, because 85% or whatever the number is of people got a tax cut. Yeah. For him to say it only went to the 1%, is which is what he stated in front of that crowd, was just just not true. Now, I'm guessing those people don't read the Washington Post fact check column. Nope. And he might be thinking, yeah, you're right, but they don't read the fact check column. And I stood in front of them and said, do you feel it? And they, they said, No. Do you feel it? That's an interesting question. It's skillful. Politically it's skillful. Right. So it's bull crap. He but might it's skillful. He might have done that one on purpose and just thought, well, okay, go ahead with your discuss this on cable news. These people are listening to me. Yeah. Um yep. but it also gets to the whole fact checking Trump and how he lies all the time and how this is awful. Well, he just Joe Biden stood up there and said that something that's factually not true, he knows it's not true Mm -hmm. because it whipped up the crowd. Now, is that a different thing than when Trump does it? Fact check. Or is it the same thing as when Trump does it? We'll live fact check Joe Biden's speech. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's the truth is always obviously always been it's it's a it's a distant cousin in politics you see it sometimes but mostly it's not there um but yeah this is an extra untruthy time we're living in absolutely oh speaking of untruths you mentioned earlier that 17 percent of americans want to see the president impeached 17 percent and our old friend uh, cory emailed and said that's about the same percentage it's uh, believe the moon landing was faked. Well, it turns out no it, 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 it's actually a little more, a little more. Uh 7 only 7% of Americans believe the moon landing was faked. But you could but argue But that's a decent point though. It's in the same neighborhood. Right. It's twice as many. But, uh, I'll even say two and a half as many. Two and a half times as many. If you'd have polled Americans at the height of, I don't know, Fast and Furious or Benghazi, should they begin impeachment proceedings on Barack Obama? What percentage of Republicans would have said yes? I'll bet a third. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'll One bet it would be anyway. somewhere around 17% of Americans at any given moment want to impeach every president. It would that's my that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it is not the least bit notable. Although well, it's notable because more people are talking openly about it from say the halls of Congress, but we got cheating horses in our in our major races. Throwing elbows, horse elbows. Out of my way, said the the winning horse, well the the Temporary winning horse. So the one that ended up being the actual winner was a 50 to 1? 65 to 1, I believe. Yeah, the second longest shot ever to win. It's because he didn't win. Oh, my. Exactly. Who crossed the finish line first? Me. I I love video replay in sports. Just love it. It's (laughs) all about accuracy. Slow it down. And then I want the winner announced when there's no crowd roar. The sanctity of the game, Jack. That's what it's all about. It's not entertainment (laughs) or just fun or something to help us forget our problems. It's about the sanctity of the game. Right. Oh, it's insufferable. So uh, 65 to 1, is that what you said? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? how does that work? If you bet $10, you get $650? Uh, Correct, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good uh, payoff. Oh, heck yeah, it is. Yeah, I wish I'd uh, thrown a few bucks around. I've well, tried but, to do the math. Who would do on, that? Who would who would bet on that? Just that horse. Uh, there are ways to do it mathematically to make long shots make sense, and mm. sometimes you know you just have a feeling. But got it. Got a feel. I got a feeling that one horse is a cheater. <laughs> I think it's a couple of guys in a horse suit. <laughs> oh boy, it's got an engine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's what actually is- a very sophisticated horse robot churned out by Boston Dynamics. That's my story. Now look at him. He's it. got wheels on his hooves. Why does that one have exhaust? Yeah, exactly. Right. Cheating. <laughs> oh, man, I thought I won. <laughs> Jockey had to be very unhappy. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Well, we're going to have Marshall's News coming up next, and we'll talk about what's going on in the world on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I really liked Adam Sandler's song on Saturday Night Live about being fired from Saturday Night Live. Very amusing. And how his movies have made $4 billion at the box office. (laughs) He figures he won. Mm, mm, mm. That is true. Best Uh, revenge is living well, right? Yeah, it's uh, kind of fits in. I just came across an article just now in the Wall Street Journal about it's never too late to start another career and about how your brains continue to develop and uh, and learn new things and get better at different things as you get older. Hear that, Biden? Huh? Never and, too late. And there's and there's too much of an emphasis on achieving what you're going to achieve or being what you're going to be in your 20s and not that at 50 your brain is different and you might be able to do different things and all that. Right, right. It's uh, inspiring. It is. Unless you're lazy. Yeah, I was pretending. I'm not inspired. I'm pretty much ready to just take it to the finish line. Uh-huh. As is status quo. It'll be like the uh, Golden State Warriors Saturday night. I'm just going to kind of quit early and <laughs> just watch the clock. Let's get the news now. Marshall Phillips. Well, the dance continues. As expected, the Democrat-controlled House Judiciary Committee will vote Wednesday whether to hold Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt of Congress. So we got to keep it. I understand they're playing to a narrow group, which I guess we don't have to talk about it since we're not playing to that same narrow group. But the vast majority of people don't want to pursue impeachment. Most people aren't following it at all. Most people say the Mueller report didn't change their minds on anything. And listen, I'm not soft on attorneys general lying to Congress or anything like that, but when you get down to the specifics of what we're talking about, man, it is way into the weeds. Way into the weeds. 
And so, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I can't obsess over it any longer. Middle East tensions indeed heating up. The White House deciding to dispatch the aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham Lincoln, and a bomber task force to send a message to Iran. That decision following what's called clear indications that Iranian and Iranian proxy forces were getting ready to possibly attack U.S. forces in the region. We'll be talking to Mike Lyons, the fabulous Mike Lyons, about the ratcheting up of tensions in a moment or two. Yeah, where in the region, where where are our troops that the Iranians were going to attack? We'll have to ask Mike Lyons about that. Iran, the world's number one state sponsor of terrorism around the world. They also executed a couple of children last week for some bogus crime. Oh, boy. They're the number one executor of children of any country in the world. Yikes. Iran's a bad country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A ceasefire was signaled, but it wasn't officially announced between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip after the deadliest fighting between the two sides since the 2014 war broke out. Hamas supported by Iran. 23 people were killed in Gaza, including militants and civilians, by Israeli airstrikes. Four civilians were killed in Israel by a round of incoming rockets from Gaza. So hey. they managed to say, let's take a breath. Let's let's slow down here. Okay, I'm watching over and over the horse. Which horse was getting in the way? That gray horse got in the way? That another horse? No, no, no. The, uh, the horse, were the guy with the pink shirt on. That was the one, the but brown is it, one. Is it the rider's fault or the horse's fault? I, you know, I haven't really heard that explained, although the guy who was... Uh, Oh, you can't see it from that angle. But the guy who was on the horse that got bumped, they say he uh, he presented, presented what could have been an all-time historic, horrifying disaster. Because if he hadn't pulled his horse up, it would have wiped his horse out. And they were in front of the pack. Right. So the pack would have gone stumbling and tumbling. Right. You could have had jockeys killed, horses' legs broken, and you Ooh, know what happens then. Burst into flames. They don't get a cast or anything and spend a couple of weeks on the shelf. No. Hmm. Yeah, it could have been horrific. New report by the U.N. Scientists say that people are threatening one million of the Earth's eight million species with extinction. The report argues the planet is... And we got too many species anyway. Yeah, I'm only threatening two or three myself, but... Report arguing that the planet's ravaged by an ever-growing number of people. It says the human family's insatiable consumption is destroying the natural world. Here's the problem. And I have concern about the 8 billion people on the earth and what we're doing and the amount of garbage we're producing and the rest of it. I'm not a denier on that stuff. We have heard population-related, climate-related, environment-related doomsdayism since we were kids. It really started in the late 60s. We have heard on roughly a biannual basis the announcement that the world is going to end. And people just don't hear it anymore. So I don't know if this is bunk or not. Thousand pages from the UN. I don't know. McDonald's is debuting high tech venues that are powered by artificial intelligence at hundreds of its locations across the country. They'll be able to suggest items based on the time of day, weather in the area, recent trends, and You're also. You're enormous, perhaps a second Big Mac. <laughs> and also suggest add on items to go along with what you've ordered. They so already do that. So this is McDonald's replaces their cashiers, right? That's right. what the story is? Okay. Would you like fries with that? Would you like to try an apple pie? Artificial intelligence. McDonald's said. <laughs> It I hope. like when you use that voice. <laughs> Wait a moment. He ordered a burger. Perhaps he would like fries with that. 
McDonald's. Only a genius computer could figure that out. Fantastic. McDonald's. Would say, you like to supersize that, Dave? McDonald's says it hopes to also be able to add the artificial intelligence software to its apps and kiosks in the future. They're also expected to be launched in its locations in other countries at some point. Tracking what you eat. Well, I sure do like that buttermilk chicken sandwich. That's my that's my uh, kryptonite right now. Oh, boy. That's a good sandwich right there at have McDonald's. I take your word. I just discovered it recently. So good. I had the Chick-fil-A over the weekend. Not only is their grub just delicious, but like the In-N-Out Burger, because of the way they hire and the philosophies of those businesses, you interact with their help and you go away happier than when you walked in. And not just because you got a bag of food you're about to eat on, but because everybody's so pleasant and cheerful. That's an interesting way to judge a fast food restaurant. There are fast food restaurants that I can go to, and I'm not going to name them, that make me feel better about the next generation and the state of the world. And there are fast food restaurants that make me despondent Mm -hmm. for the future of the country. Yeah. And all of society. Dairy and, Queen. And we all know. And we all know. <laughs> which... Again, hereditary monarchy. Yeah. Dairy Queen. I and we all a... know which ones are which ones. <laughs> but some of them make you feel like, oh my God, the world, the country's yeah. really going to the hell in the handbasket. Or this isn't a safe neighborhood. Yeah, I know it. I know but it. Just because yeah. you went in there to eat. Last night on Game of Thrones, the Dairy Queen's forces just slaughtered the Burger <laughs> Kings. Oh, it was bloody. I prefer to eat yeah. at restaurants that don't hate gay people, Joe, but you support whoever you want. You know what? I got I got a quick little phrase for you. I'm going to have to turn off the mic. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So sending an aircraft carrier to Iran, or the region in any way, is, oh, that's right, um, is, uh, is a pretty provocative move. I would say, yeah, the tension's ratcheting. What does it mean? We'll talk to Mike Lyons in moments. That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, a texter who hates us just alerted us to some uh, more poll numbers that are really interesting on America's attitudes toward the whole Russia thing and impeachment and this and that. Interesting. Um, Thanks for the help. Yeah, thanks for the help. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We all woke to the news that we're sending an aircraft carrier to the region of Iran. And that's why we have invited Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News, to talk to us about the royal baby. Mike, it's a boy. (laughs) Morning, guys. It's uh, great news this morning. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's always great to talk. So this is, well, you tell us, is this clearly a step, uh, a significant step ratcheting up tensions with Iran? Well, it is, and I'm surprised that the messenger, John Bolton, as opposed to the Pentagon, usually troop movements come from the Pentagon, comes sort of out of nowhere, and with this, um, you know, kind of masked type of uh, message about the Iranians have stepped up potential attacks uh, on U.S. troops. Now, who are those U.S. troops, the ones in Iraq, or are they going to support terrorist organizations and and go after U.S. forces in places around the world? So I think um, the administration is going to have to put out a little more information right now because all we've got now is the, you know, the 1890s policy of gunboat diplomacy by moving an aircraft carrier group that's already in the Mediterranean. It's been on deployment for about seven or eight months already. 
working with NATO, and actually they were doing things with Israel a few uh, months ago, and they'll, they'll just extend their deployment now and come through the Suez Canal and, and, and tro- troll around the Persian Gulf and see what's going on there. Well, I get that the U.S. is trying to put the squeeze on Iran in a couple of different ways, uh, you know, uh, sanctions and uh-huh. and ending the, the arms deal and the rest of it, but it's not clear to me exactly why now, what's happening. Right. Yeah, I don't know why either. Um, it, it, there's nothing that, you know, what's been leaked out this morning is this imminent attack on U.S. forces, which would be the dumbest thing the Iranians can do, because what they're pretty good at is fighting war by proxy. You know, they, they've learned from the Russians in some ways to kind of fly below the radar and don't get, um, you know, directly accused of doing something in particular. So I think um, for this to come out like this, there's got to be some other information um, that that forces us to do this or not. It just could be the president wakes up and says, you know what, let's send, we have a carrier group that's in the area, let's send him there, let's make a big deal about it, let's go see if we can instigate something, because now you bring um, the ships within that group there, there's going to be a lot more traffic in the Persian Gulf, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for Iranian naval forces to do what they do, which is harass them, get close to them, and try to instigate uh, a shooting match. Well, Marco Rubio made a statement, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I know he's on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, but he's not exactly, he doesn't run America's uh, you know, military. But he said, we will not distinguish between attacks from Shia militias uh, in Iraq or the uh, Revolutionary Guard, uh, any, any proxy right. group anywhere. That's Iran, and we will respond accordingly. Yeah, that's probably what... The, the administration is kind of hanging on a very weak thread by is this whole proxy concept. And we've already declared, I think, one of the groups inside of the Iranians, their Republican Guard unit, uh, a terrorist organization, um, as they get involved and try to, you know, progress their agenda throughout the Middle East, which is opposite of ours and, and opposite of democracy and it's opposite of peace and freedom. Um, we've got to figure out a way to combat this. And the, the sanctions that we've applied against them about companies or countries that are continue to buy Iranian oil. It's all about banking. It's all about shutting down their capability to do banking. If they don't comply, India will be in trouble, and even South Korea. Some of our allies who rely on a significant amount of oil coming out of Iran in particular um, will be, uh, you know, we're, we're going to force them to um, make, we have to make it up to them at some point, but uh, this is all about putting the screws to them from a banking perspective. Well, I hope we're not talking to you a whole bunch over the couple of coming weeks because there was a dust-up. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and these are, you know, powder keg type things happen when they get you light the fuse like this. I think there's a lot of forces right now acting in the international community. You've got Kim Jong-un with his um, solid booster ballistic missile rocket test he did over the weekend as well. That's um, Looking at that, that's a completely different missile system. He's another one going right to the edge. He's setting back that the whole diplomacy that's taking place there. You've got the president talking to Vladimir Putin, making some crazy comments about it. I saw him smile over the radio, over the telephone. I'm not sure how that works out, but... Um, so there's a lot of forces, I think, acting on the administration to try to be tough, act tough. And we've, we've got an election coming up, and I think this president's mentality is he's got to be tough in order to get reelected. Um, let's hope he doesn't, you know, he says he doesn't want to get us involved in foreign entanglements, but sure enough, it doesn't stop us from sending a carrier group to the Middle East. Mike Lyons, military analyst, CBS News. Thanks, Mike. Great to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. We probably should talk about that. Uh, Trump had a phone call with Putin an hour to an hour and a half, depending on who you believe, and didn't bring up the whole, hey, you messed in our election, could you knock that off? According to Trump, he didn't bring that up. Right, or just screwing with our society in general. Yeah. How um, do you feel about that? It's an odd uh, odd thing to leave out. I mean, there's plenty to talk about other than that. Getting back to the whole 17% of Americans are in favor of impeachment, 
Well, the the effect Russia's had has been fairly minor, I think, with their messing with us. Well, let's let's play that. That's that's Trump one. Let's play that because that happened over the weekend. Here it is. You're going to enjoy this. It's going to be good with your ears. It's going to be it's going to be worth waiting for. You are very rude. Uh, so we had a good conversation about many different things. Okay. Did you tell them not to meddle? Uh, we didn't discuss that. Really, we didn't discuss it. We discussed five or six things. We also uh, we went into great detail on various things, especially, I would say, the nuclear, especially maybe uh, Venezuela. We talked about North Korea. You know, that's a pretty full plate. Uh, it still seems like it's odd he didn't bring it up. But he did talk about it in the context of the Mueller report. I don't remember who brought it up first, Putin or, or Trump, but... Uh, Trump mentioned uh, how about the end of that Mueller report, and and I and I and I and and he smiled, which again they were on the phone. So. Yeah. Well, I remember in radio school, Jack, they tell you people can hear a smile over the air. Trump says Putin smiled and said, "Yeah, you were making a mountain out of a molehill, basically, on yeah. that whole Mueller report." So they talked about the Mueller report, but not the overall conclusion of the Mueller report, which was Russia was trying like heck to disrupt our election, mm. and he didn't bring it up. And I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I still don't know whether uh, the president, in his mind, can separate Russia messing with us from the legitimacy of his election. Apparently. So I just wanted to hit you with this poll from CNN that a texter who hates us, just hates us deeply, but apparently listens to the whole show, so thank you, um, uh, alerted me to. So we mentioned earlier NBC Wall Street Journal poll out, and they talked about this on Meet the Press at length yesterday. I thought it was really interesting with a bunch of the Wall Street Journal crowd. Only 17% of Americans say at this point there's there's enough to uh, to talk impeachment. Only 17%. Only 28% of registered Democrats. Wow. It's not even it's not even a third of registered Democrats. So why isn't an ongoing topic on the cable news channels like it's imminent? And why does every candidate get asked about it like it's imminent? Like it's you know we're really close. We're almost there. Okay. And every There's Congress that. dope who's talking about it is taken very seriously. A CNN poll. So keep in mind, 17% say there's enough for impeachment right now. 69%, according to this CNN poll, 69% think Congress ought to investigate the origins of the Justice Department's inquiry into the Russian interference in the 2016 election. Seriously? 69%. Wow. Think, how did this whole thing get started? What was going on there? I'm in that group, obviously. I've advocated for it. Whether you're an R or D, you ought to be concerned. But, or, or, or more likely, neither. Ashamed of both. But that's astonishing. So that is a way, way bigger story for Americans. And it gets a tenth of the coverage right? And so, from the, the mainstream media. That's amazing. Rush Limbaugh, among others, were making a big deal out of how CNN buried this. They did. I mean, their their headline coverage was about a, Trump's approval ratings are in the forties and impeachment They're this impeachment that in the forties, and didn't didn't get into the whole. You know, two out of three people think they got to look into how did this whole Russian thing get started anyway? What was going on there? Um, by the way, the Mueller report that, according to the media, we were so eagerly anticipating, anticipating what percentage of Americans have read the entire Mueller report. Three percent. What percentage have read any of the Mueller report? Twenty four percent. So only one out of four Americans have read any of the Mueller report. Wow. Okay. Any. 
Including, you know, a paragraph here and there in the newspaper? <laughs> Apparently never took the, huh. didn't care enough to... Ah, jeez. Well, let's just... It's... When you're in the business of entertaining the masses like we are, what do you do with that information? I'll tell you one thing you do with that information is talking endlessly about impeachment and whether or not Barr lied to Congress or, you know, who's going to testify when. People aren't into it. People no. are just not into it. Nope. The way the media would lead you to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got to fill the time. And, and you know, with with all the competition, they've got to have the shiniest object or the most scary sounding whatever. I mean, because you could fill 24-hour news with serious, interesting, relevant news. But it's not that exciting sometimes. You can't draw the masses that way. So you screech impeachment or royal babies or crooked horse races or whatever. Which they're obsessing over royal on the TV. babies and crooked horse races. <laughs> strange to me, but I don't know. I'm a strange guy. Speaking of strange, Jack, uh, scientists studying freshwater shrimp in British w- waterways have discovered that all the shrimp, every single shrimp they looked at, tested positive for cocaine. British shrimp love blow. Party like a shrimp. That's why people say that. That's why it's such a. Such a common saying. <laughs> Why do they think uh, all the shrimp have cocaine in their system? It's stuff leaching into the waterways. No, I it's, guess. A, it's probably microscopic amounts, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's And it's also in smaller and rural areas, too. What does a coked-up shrimp do? What or a shrimp does just to get faster. You to buy a boat with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> just talks dude, a lot. Dude, no, 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 listen, listen. We'll, we'll get it. We'll go in on it. We both get it like every other weekend. It'll be great. <laughs> then we'll start a business. And they yes. found all sorts of other nasty stuff in the poor little shrimps, too. There's too much stuff getting jumped, junked in the water. No dumped. doubt. Yeah. We got a lot on the way. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.